Bible in a year, week 41, and we begin at day 281, and we go through all four Gospels again today, but begin at Matthew chapter 9, verse 9 to 13. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. So he got up and followed him. While he was reclining at the table in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came as guests to eat with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, Those who are well don't need a doctor, but the sick do. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. And then Mark chapter 2, verse 13 to 17. Then Jesus went out again beside the sea. The whole crowd was coming to him, and he taught them. Then moving on, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. So he got up and followed him. While he was reclining at the table in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were also guests with Jesus and his disciples, because there were many who were following him. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with sinners and tax collectors? When Jesus heard this, he told them, Those who are well don't need a doctor, but the sick do need one. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. And the same in Luke chapter 5, verse 27 to 32. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. So, leaving behind everything, he got up and began to follow him. Then Levi hosted a grand banquet for him at his house. Now there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others who were guests with them. But the Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus replied, The healthy don't need a doctor, but the sick do. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And then Matthew chapter 9, verse 14 to 17. Then John's disciples came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests be sad while the groom is with them? The days will come when the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one patches an old garment with unshrunk cloth, because the patch pulls away from the garment and makes the tear worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, Otherwise the skins burst and the wine spills out and the skins are ruined. But they put new wine into fresh wineskins and both are preserved. And the same in Mark chapter 2 verse 18 to 22. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. People came and asked him, Why do John's disciples and the Pharisees' disciples fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to them, The wedding guests cannot fast while the groom is with them, can they? As long as they have the groom with them, they cannot fast. But the time will come when the groom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, otherwise the new patch pulls away from the old cloth and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wine will burst the skins and the wine is lost as well as the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. And then Luke chapter 5, verse 33 to 39. Then they said to him, John's disciples fast often and say prayers, but those of the Pharisees do the same, but yours eat and drink. 
Jesus said to them, You can't make the wedding guests fast while the groom is with them, can you? But the days will come when the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. He also told them a parable. No one tears a patch from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. Otherwise not only will he tear the new, but also the piece from the new garment will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise the new wine will burst the skins, it will spill and the skins will be ruined. But new wine should be put into fresh wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wants new because he says the old is better. Then we read John chapter 5 verse 1 through to 47 for the rest of today. After this, a Jewish festival took place and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. By the sheep gate in Jerusalem there is a pool called Bethesda in Hebrew which has five colonnades. Within these lay a multitude of the sick, blind, lame and paralysed, waiting for the moving of the water, because an angel would go down into the pool from time to time and stir up the water. Then the first one who got in after the water was stirred up recovered from whatever ailment he had. One man was there who had been sick for thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the sick man answered, I don't have a man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, someone else goes down ahead of me. Get up, Jesus told him. Pick up your bedroll and walk. Instantly the man got well, picked up his bedroll and started to walk. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, This is the Sabbath, it's illegal for you to pick up your bedroll. He replied, The man who made me well told me, Pick up your bedroll and walk. Who is this man who told you, Pick up your bedroll and walk, they asked. But the man who was cured did not know who it was, because Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. After this, Jesus found him in the temple complex and said to him, See, you are well. Do not sin any more so that something worse doesn't happen to you. The man went and reported to the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Therefore the Jews began persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus responded to them, My father is still working and I am also working. This is why the Jews began trying all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus replied, I assure you, the son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son also does these things in the same way. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing, and he will show him greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. And just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so the son also gives life to anyone he wants to. The father, in fact, judges no one, but has given all judgment to the son, so that all people will honour the Son just as they honour the Father. Anyone who does not honour the Son does not honour the Father who sent him. I assure you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. I assure you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who will hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so also he has granted to the Son to have life in himself. And he has granted him the right to pass judgment, because he is the Son of Man. 
Do not be amazed at this, because a time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good things to the resurrection of life, but those who have done wicked things to the resurrection of judgment. I can do nothing on my own. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I testify about myself, my testimony is not valid. There is another who testifies about me, and I know that the testimony he gives about me is valid. You have sent messengers to John, and he has testified to the truth. I don't receive man's testimony, but I say these things so that you may be saved. John was a burning and shining lamp, and for a time you were willing to enjoy his light. But I have a greater testimony than John's because of the works that the Father has given me to accomplish. These very works I am doing testify about me that the Father has sent me. The Father who sent me has himself testified about me. You have not heard his voice at any time and you haven't seen his face. You don't have his word living in you because you don't believe the one he sent. You pour over the scriptures because you think you have eternal life in them, yet they testify about me. And you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not accept glory from men, but I know you, that you have no love for God within you. I have come in my Father's name, yet you don't accept me. If someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe? While accepting glory from one another, you don't seek the glory that comes from the only God. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, because he wrote about me. But if you don't believe his writings, how will you believe my words? And there we end, day 281. Day 282, and we continue, we leave John, but continue through Matthew, Mark and Luke, beginning at chapter 12, verse 1 to 8 of Matthew. At that time Jesus passed through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick and eat some heads of grain. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, haven't you read what David did when he and those who were with him were hungry? How he entered the house of God and they ate the sacred bread, which is not lawful for him or for those with him to eat, but only for the priests? Or haven't you read in the law that on Sabbath days the priests in the temple violate the Sabbath and are innocent? But I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what this means, that I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And the same in Mark chapter 2 verse 23 to 28. On the Sabbath he was going through the grain fields and his disciples began to make their way picking some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? He said to them, Have you never read what David and those who were with him did when he was in need and hungry? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar the high priest and ate the sacred bread, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priests, and also gave some to his companions. Then he told them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And Luke 6, 1-5 On a Sabbath he passed through the grain fields. His disciples were picking heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands and eating them. 
But some of the Pharisees said, Why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them, Haven't you read what David and those who were with him did when he was hungry, how he entered the house of God and took and ate the sacred bread, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat? He even gave some to those who were with him. Then he told them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 9 to 14. Moving on from there, he entered their synagogue. There he saw a man who had a paralysed hand, and in order to accuse him, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But he said to them, What man among you, if he had a sheep that fell into a pit on the Sabbath, wouldn't take hold of it and lift it out? A man is worth far more than a sheep, so it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he told the man, Stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was restored as good as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. And the same in Mark 3, verse 1-6. Now he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a paralysed hand. In order to accuse him, they were watching him closely to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. He told the man with the paralysed hand, Stand before us. Then he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. After looking around at them with anger and sorrow at the hardness of their hearts, he told the man, Stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and his hand was restored. Immediately the Pharisees went out and started plotting with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. And the same in Luke chapter 6 verse 6 to 11. On another Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. A man was there whose right hand was paralysed. The scribes and Pharisees were watching him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath so that they could find a way, a charge against him. But he knew their thoughts and told the man with the paralysed hand, Get up and stand here. So he got up and stood. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or destroy? After looking around at them all, he told them, Stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was restored. They, however, were filled with rage and started discussing with one another what they might do to Jesus. And Matthew chapter 12, verse 15 to 21. When Jesus became aware of this, he withdrew from there. Huge crowds followed him, and he healed them all. He warned them not to make him known, so that what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul delights. I will put my spirit on him, and he will proclaim justice for the nations. He will not argue or shout, and no one will hear his voice in the streets. He will not break a bruised reed, and he will not put out a smouldering wick, until he has led justice to victory. The nations will put their hope in his name. And Mark 3, 7-19 Jesus departed with his disciples to the sea, and the great multitude followed from Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Edomia, beyond the Jordan, and around Tyre and Sidon. The great multitude came to him because they heard about everything he was doing. Then he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him, so the crowd would not crush him. Since he had healed many, all who had diseases were pressing toward him to touch him. 
Whenever the unclean spirits saw him, those possessed fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God! And he would strongly warn them not to make him known. Then he went up the mountain and summoned those he wanted, and they came to him. He also appointed twelve. He also named them apostles to be with him to send them out to preach, and to have authority to drive out demons. He appointed the twelve. To Simon he gave the name Peter, and to James the son of Zebedee, and to his brother John he gave the name Boanagares, that is, sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. And Luke chapter 6, verse 12 to 19. During those days he went out to the mountain to pray, and to spend all night in prayer to God. When daylight came, he summoned his disciples, and he chose twelve of them. He also named them apostles. Simon, who he also named Peter and Andrew his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon called the Zealot, Judas the son of James and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. After coming down with them, he stood on a level place with a large crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people, from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon. They came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those tormented by unclean spirits were made well. The whole crowd was trying to touch him because power was coming out from him and healing them all. Then we read Matthew chapter 5 verse 1 to 20 to finish today. When he saw the crowds he went up in the mountain and after he sat down his disciples came to him. Then he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, because they will be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, because they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, because they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, because they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, because they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, because they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice, because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled on by men. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Don't assume that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For I assure you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all things are accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches people to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commandments will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, 
you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And there we end, day 282. Day 283, and we read Holy through Matthew today from chapter 5, verse 21 to chapter 7, verse 29. It's through the Sermon on the Mount. You have heard that it was said to our ancestors, Do not murder, and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Fool, will be subject to the Sanhedrin. But whoever says you moron will be subject to hellfire. So if you are offering your gift in the altar and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother and then come and offer your gift. Reach a settlement quickly with your adversary while you are on the way with him, or your adversary will hand you over to the judge, the judge to the officer, and you will be thrown into prison. I assure you, You will never get out of there until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, Whoever divorces his wife must give her a written notice of divorce. But I tell you, everyone who divorces his wife except in a case of sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again you have heard it that it was said to our ancestors, You must not break your oath, but you must keep your oaths to the Lord. But I tell you, don't take an oath at all, either by heaven because it is God's throne, or by the earth because it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem because it is the city of the great king. Neither should you swear by your head because you cannot make a single hair white or black, but let your word yes be yes and your no be no. Anything more than this is from the evil one. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary, if anyone slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. As for the one who wants to sue you and take away your shirt, let him have your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who asks you, and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he causes his son to rise in the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing out of the ordinary? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of people to be seen by them. Otherwise you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. I assure you they've got their reward. 
But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. I assure you they've got their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the idolaters, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask him. Therefore you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honoured as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory for ever. Amen. For if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive your wrongdoing. Whenever you fast, don't be sad-faced like the hypocrites, for they make their faces unattractive so their fasting is obvious to people. I assure you they've got their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that you don't show your fasting to people, but to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But collect for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can be a slave of two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot be slaves of God and of money. This is why I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add a single cubit to his height by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Learn how the wild flowers of the field grow. They don't labour or spin thread, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear, for the idolaters eagerly seek all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do not judge so that you won't be judged, for with the judgment you use you will be judged, and with the measure you use it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but don't notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and look, there's a log in your eye. Hypocrite! 
First take the log out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Don't give what is holy to dogs, or toss your pearls before pigs, or they will trample them with their feet, turn and tear you to pieces. Keep asking, and it will be given to you. Keep searching, and you will find. Keep knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receive, and the one who searches will find, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. What man among you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them. This is the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate, and difficult the road that leads to life, and few find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognise them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes, or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire, so you'll recognise them by their fruit. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? Then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. Therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a sensible man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded the house, and it collapsed. And its collapse was great. When Jesus had finished this sermon, the crowds were astonished at his teaching because he was teaching them like one who had authority and not like their scribes. And there we end, day 283. Day 284, and we hear partially the same as we've heard uh, yesterday in Matthew. This Sermon on the Mount, we hear it in Luke. But we start at Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When he came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. And then we go into Luke chapter 6, verse 20, to chapter 6, verse 49, to begin with. Then looking up at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, because the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are hungry now, because you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, because you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, insult you, and slander your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Take note, your reward is great in heaven, because this is the way their ancestors used to treat the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, because you have received your comfort. Woe to you who are full now, because you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, because you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, because this is the way their ancestors used to treat the false prophets. But I say to you who listen, 
Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone hits you on the cheek, offer the other also. And if anyone takes away your coat, don't hold back your shirt either. Give to everyone who asks from you, and from one who takes away your things, don't ask for them back. Just as you want others to do for you, do the same for them. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do what is good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do what is good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is gracious to the ungrateful and evil. Be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can the blind guide the blind? Won't they both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but don't notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself don't see the log in your eye? Hypocrite! First take the log out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck in your brother's eye. A good tree doesn't produce bad fruit. On the other hand, a bad tree doesn't produce good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs aren't gathered from thorn bushes or grapes picked from a bramble bush. A good man produces good out of the good storeroom of his heart. An evil man produces evil out of the evil storeroom, for his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things I say? I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words and acts in them. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the river crashed against that house and couldn't shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The river crashed against it and immediately it collapsed, and the destruction of that house was great. Then we read Matthew chapter 8 verse 5 to 13. When he entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with me, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralysed in terrible agony. I will come and heal him, he told him. Lord, the centurion replied, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be cured. For I too am a man under authority, having soldiers under my command. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. Hearing this, Jesus was amazed and said to those following him, I assure you, I have not found anyone in Israel with so great a faith. I tell you that many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus told the centurion, Go, as you have believed, let it be done for you. And his servant was cured that very moment. We read the same in Luke chapter 7, 
But we'll read from 1 to verse 17. When he had concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. A centurion's slave who was highly valued by him was sick and about to die. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him, requesting him to come and save the life of his slave. When they reached Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy for you to grant this, because he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Jesus went with them, and when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to tell him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, since I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. This is why I don't even consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be cured. For I too am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under my command. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. Jesus heard this and was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found so great a faith even in Israel. When those who had been sent returned to the house, they found a slave in good health. Soon afterwards he was on his way to a town called Nain. His disciples and a large crowd were travelling with him. Just as he neared the gate of the town, a dead man was being carried out. He was the mother's only son, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the city was also with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said, Don't cry. Then he came up and touched the open coffin, and the pale bearer stopped, and he said, Young man, I tell you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Then fear came over everyone, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. This report about him went throughout Judea and all the vicinity. Then we read Matthew chapter 11, verse 2 to 15. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent a message by his disciples and asked him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied to them, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, those with skin diseases are healed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor are told the good news, and if anyone is not offended because of me, he is blessed. As these men went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swaying in the wind. What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothes. Look, those who wear soft clothes are in king's palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and far more than a prophet. This is the one it is written about. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. I assure you, among those born of women, no one greater than John the Baptist has appeared, but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence, and the violent have been seizing it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, if you are willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who is to come. Anyone who has ears should listen. And then we read the same in Luke chapter 7, verse 18 to 30, to finish today. Then John's disciples told him about all these things, so John summoned two of his disciples and sent them to the Lord, asking, Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for someone else? When the men reached him, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask you, Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for someone else? At that time Jesus healed many people of diseases, plagues, and evil spirits, and he granted sight to many blind people. He replied to them, 
Go and report to John the things you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk. Those with skin diseases are healed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news preached to them. And anyone who is not offended because of me is blessed. After John's messengers left, he began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swaying in the wind. What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft robes. Look, those who are splendidly dressed and live in luxury are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and far more than a prophet. This is the one it is written about. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women no one is greater than John, but the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And when all the people, including the tax collectors, heard this, they acknowledged God's way of righteousness because they had been baptised with John's baptism. But since the Pharisees and experts in the law had not been baptised by him, they rejected the plan of God for themselves. And there we end, day 284. Day 285, and we continue through Matthew, Mark and Luke, beginning at Matthew chapter 11, verse 16 to 19. To what should I compare this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces who call out to each other, We played a flute for you, but you didn't dance. We sang a lament, but you didn't mourn. For John did not come eating or drinking, and they said, He has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. And then the same in Luke chapter 7, verse 31 to 35. To what then should I compare the people of this generation, and what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to each other. We played the flute for you, but you didn't dance. We sang a lament, but you didn't weep. For John the Baptist did not come eating bread or drinking wine, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by all her children. Then we read Matthew chapter 11, verse 24 to 30. Then he proceeded to denounce the towns where most of his miracles were done, because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the miracles that were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes long ago. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will go down to Hades, for if the miracles that were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until today. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. At that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure. All things have been entrusted to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal him. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. All of you take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And then Luke chapter 7, verse 36 to 50. Then one of the Pharisees invited him to eat with them. 
he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And a woman in the town who was a sinner found out that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood behind him at his feet weeping and began to wash his feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with the hair of her head, kissing them and anointing them with the fragrant oil. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him. She's a sinner. Jesus replied to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he said, say it. A creditor had two debtors, one owed five hundred denarii and the other fifty. Since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one he forgave more. You have judged correctly, he told him. Turning to the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she with her tears has washed my feet and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You didn't anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. But the one who is forgiven little, loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And then Luke chapter 8 verse 1 to 3. Soon afterwards he was travelling from one town and village to another preaching and telling the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Mary called Magdalene, seven demons had come out of her. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, Susanna, and many others who were supporting them from their possessions. And Mark chapter 3, verse 20 to 27. Then he went home and the crowd gathered again so that they were not even able to eat. When his family heard this, they set out to restrain him because they said he's out of his mind. The scribes who had come down from Jerusalem said he has Beelzebub in him and he drives out demons by the ruler of the demons. He summoned them and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rebels against himself and is divided, he cannot stand but is finished. On the other hand, no one can enter a strong man's house and rob his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he will rob his house. And we go on into verse 28 to 30. I assure you, people will be forgiven for all sins and whatever blasphemies they may blaspheme. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin, because they were saying he has an unclean spirit. And then we read from Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 to 45 to finish today. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and unable to speak was brought to him. He healed him so that the man could both speak and see, and all the crowds were astounded and said, Perhaps this is the son of David. When the Pharisees heard this, they said, The man drives out demons only by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Knowing their thoughts, he told them, Every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. 
If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, who is it your sons drive them out by? For this reason they will be your judges. If I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. How can someone enter a strong man's house and steal his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can rob his house. Anyone who is not with me is against me, and anyone who does not gather with me scatters. Because of this I tell you, people will be forgiven every sin and blasphemy, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him either in this age or in the one to come. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. A good man produces good things from the storeroom of good, and an evil man produces evil things from his storeroom of evil. I tell you that on the day of judgment people will have to account for every careless word they speak, for by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation demands a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, because they repented at Jonah's proclamation, and look, something greater than Jonah is here. The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and look, something greater than Solomon is here. When an unclean spirit comes out of a man, it roams through waterless places looking for rest but doesn't find any. Then it says, I'll go back to my house that I came from. And when it arrives, it finds the house vacant, swept and put in order. Then off it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil in itself and they enter and settle down there. As a result, that man's last condition is worse than the first. That's how it will also be with this evil generation. And there we end, day 285. Day 286, and we continue through Matthew, Mark and Luke, beginning at Matthew chapter 12, verse 46 to 50. He was still speaking to the crowds when suddenly his mother and brothers were standing outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, Look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. But he replied to the one who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven, that person is my brother and sister and mother. And the same in Mark chapter 3, verse 31 to 35. Then his mother and brothers came and standing outside, they sent word to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him and told him, Look, your mother, your brothers and your sisters are outside waiting for you. He replied to them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who were sitting in a circle around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. And then Luke chapter 8, verse 19 to 21. 
Then his mother and brothers came to him, but they could not meet with him because of the crowd. He was told, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. But he replied to them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear and do the word of God. And Matthew chapter 13 verse 1 to 9. On that day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Such large crowds gathered round him that he got into a boat and sat down while the whole crowd stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, Consider the sower who went out to sow. As he was sowing, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on rocky ground where there wasn't much soil and they sprang up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, they were scorched and since they had no root, they withered. Others fell among thorns and the thorns came up and choked them. Still others fell on good ground and produced a crop. Some one hundred, some sixty, and some thirty times what was sown. Anyone who has ears should listen. And the same in Mark chapter 4 verse 1 to 9. Again he began to teach by the sea, and a very large crowd gathered around him. So he got into a boat on the sea and sat down, while the whole crowd was on the shore facing the sea. He taught them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, consider the sower who went out to sow. As he sowed, this occurred. Some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil, and it sprang up right away, since it didn't have deep soil. When the sun came up, it was scorched, and since it didn't have a root, it withered. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it didn't produce a crop. Still others fell on good ground and produced a crop that increased thirty, sixty, and a hundred times what was sown. Then he said, Anyone who has ears to hear should listen. And the same in Luke 8, verse 4 to 8. As a large crowd was gathering and people were flocking to him from every town, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. As he was sowing, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds of the sky ate it up. Other seed fell on the rock. When it sprang up, it withered, since it lacked moisture. Other seed fell among thorns. The thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Still other seed fell on good ground. When it sprang up, it produced a crop, a hundred times what was sown. As he said this, he called out, Anyone who has ears to hear should listen. In Matthew thirteen ten to 17 Then the disciples came up and asked him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered them, Because the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given for you to know, but it has not been given to them. For whoever has, more will be given to him, and he will have more than enough. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. For this reason I speak to them in parables, because looking they do not see, and hearing they do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, you will listen and listen, yet never understand. You will look and look, yet never perceive. For this people's heart has grown callous. Their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn back, and I would cure them. But your eyes are blessed because they do see, and your ears because they do hear. For I assure you, Many prophets and righteous people long to see the things that you see, yet didn't see them, to hear the things you hear, yet didn't hear them. 
And let's see him in Mark 4, verse 10 to 12. When he was alone with the twelve, those who were around him asked him about the parables. He answered them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been granted to you, but to those outside everything comes in parables, so that they may look and look, yet not perceive. They may listen and listen, yet not understand. Otherwise they might turn back and be forgiven. And Luke 8, 9-10. Then his disciples asked him, What does this parable mean? So he said, The secrets of the kingdom of God have been given for you to know, but to the rest it is in parables, so that looking they may not see and hearing they may not understand. And Matthew 13, verse 18 to 23. You then, listen to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one sown along the path. And the one sown on rocky ground... This is one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself but is short-lived. When pressure or persecution comes because of the word immediately, he stumbles. Now the one sown among the thorns, this is one who hears the word, but the worries of this age and the seduction of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But the one sown on the good ground, this is one who hears and understands the word, who does bear fruit and yields, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty times what was sown. And the same in Mark 4, verse 13 to 20. Then he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand any of the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy. But they have no root in themselves, they are short-lived. When affliction or persecution comes because of the word, they immediately stumble. Others are sown among thorns, these are the ones who hear the word. But the worries of this age, the seduction of wealth, and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But the ones sown on good ground are those who hear the word, welcome it, and produce a crop, thirty, sixty, and a hundred times what was sown. And Luke chapter 8, verse 11 to 18. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. The seeds along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the seeds in the rock are those who, when they hear, welcome the word with joy. Having no root, these believe for a while and depart in a time of testing. As for the seed that fell among thorns, these are the ones who, when they have heard, go on their way and are choked with worries, riches and pleasures of life and produce no mature fruit. But the seed in the good ground, these are the ones who, having heard the word with an honest and good heart, hold on to it and by enduring bear fruit. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a basket or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see the light. For nothing is concealed that won't be revealed, and nothing hidden that won't be made known and come to light. Therefore take care how you listen, for whoever has, more will be given to him, and whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has will be taken away from him. And Mark chapter 4 verse 21 to 29. He also said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed, 
isn't it to be put on a lampstand? For nothing is concealed except to be revealed, and nothing hidden except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, he should listen. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. By the measure you use, it will be measured and added to you. For to the one who has it will be given, and from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. The kingdom of God is like this. He said, A man scatters seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He doesn't know how. The soil produces a crop by itself, first the blade, then the head, and then the ripe grain on the head. But as soon as the crop is ready, he sends for the sickle, because harvest has come. And then we finish today by reading Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 to 30. He presented another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while people were sleeping, his enemy came, sowed weeds among the wheat and left. When the plants sprouted and produced grain, then the weeds also appeared. The landowner's slaves came to him and said, Master, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Then where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he told them. So do you want us to go and gather them up? The slaves asked him. No, he said. When you gather up the weeds, you might also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At harvest time, I'll tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and tie them in bundles to burn them, but store the wheat in my barn. And there we end, day 286. Day 287, we continue through Matthew, Mark and Luke, beginning at Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 to 33. He presented another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of all the seeds, but when grown it's taller than the vegetables and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the sky come and nest in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into fifty pounds of flour until it spread through all of it. And Mark 4 verse 30 to 32. And he said, how can we illustrate the kingdom of God, or what parable can we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed that, when sown in the soil, is smaller than all the seeds on the ground, and when sown it comes up and grows taller than all the vegetables and produces large branches, so that the birds of the sky can nest in its shade. And Matthew thirteen thirty four to 35 Jesus told the crowds all these things in parables, and he would not speak anything to them without a parable so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. I will open my mouth in parables. I will declare things kept secret from the foundation of the world. And the same in Mark 4, 33-34. He would speak the word to them with many parables like these, as they were able to understand. And he did not speak to them without a parable. Privately, however, he would explain everything to his own disciples. Then we read Matthew chapter 13, verse 36 to 53. Then he dismissed the crowds and went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, Explain the parable of the weeds in the field to us. He replied, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seed. These are the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. 
Therefore, just as the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather from his kingdom everything that causes sin and those guilty of lawlessness. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their Father's kingdom. Anyone who has ears should listen. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure, buried in a field that a man found and reburied. Then in his joy he goes and sells everything he has and buys that field. Again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When he found one priceless pearl he went and sold everything he had and bought it. Again the kingdom of heaven is like a large net thrown into the sea. It collected every kind of fish and when it was full they dragged it ashore, sat down and gathered the good fish into containers but threw out the worthless fish. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out, separate the evil people from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Yes, they told him. Therefore he said to them, Every student of scripture instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who brings out of his storeroom what is new and what is old. When Jesus had finished these parables, he left there. Then we go back into Matthew chapter 8, verse 18. When Jesus saw large crowds around him, he gave the order to go to the other side of the sea. And verse 23 to 27. As he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. Suddenly a violent storm arose on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was sleeping. So the disciples came and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to die. But he said to them, Why are you fearful? You have little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the waves and the sea, and there was a great calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the sea obey him. And the same in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. On that day when evening had come, he told them, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they left the crowd and took him along since he was already in the boat, and other boats were with him. A fierce windstorm arose and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern sleeping on the cushion. So they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Silence, be still. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. Then he said to them, Why are you fearful? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked one another, Who then is this? Even the wind and sea obey him. And Luke eight twenty two to 25 the same. One day he and his disciples got into a boat and he told them, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they set out and as they were sailing he fell asleep. Then a fierce windstorm came down on the lake. They were being swamped and were in danger. They came and woke him up, saying, Master, Master, we're going to die. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waves. So they ceased and there was a calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? They were fearful and amazed, asking one another, Who can this be? He commands even the winds and the waves, and they obey him. Then we read Matthew chapter 8, verse 28 to 34. When he had come to the other side, to the region of the Gadarenes, 
two demon-possessed men met him as they came out of the tombs. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. Suddenly they shouted, "'What do you have to do with us, son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time?' Now a long way off from them a large herd of pigs was feeding. "'If you drive us out,' the demons begged him, "'send us into the herd of pigs.' "'Go,' he told them. So when they had come out they entered the pigs, and suddenly the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and perished in the water. Then the men who tended them fled. They went into the city and reported everything, especially what had happened to those who were demon-possessed. At that the whole town went out to meet Jesus. When they saw him they begged him to leave their region. And then in Mark chapter 5 verse 1 to 20 to finish today. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the region of the Gerasenes. As soon as he got out of the boat, a man with an unclean spirit came out of the tombs and met him. He lived in the tombs. No one was able to restrain him any more, even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but had snapped off the chains and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. And always, night and day, he was crying out among the tombs and in the mountains and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and knelt before him, and he cried out with a loud voice, What do you have to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you before God, don't torment me. For he had told him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. What is your name? he asked him. My name is Legion, he answered, because we are many. And he kept begging him not to send them out of the region. Now a large herd of pigs was there feeding on the hillside. The demons begged him, Send us to the pigs so we may enter them. And he gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd of about two thousand rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned there. The men who tended them ran off and reported it in the town and the countryside, and people went to see what had happened. They came to Jesus and saw the man who had been demon-possessed by the legion sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. The eyewitnesses described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told them about the pigs. Then they began to beg him to leave their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed kept begging him to be with him, but he would not let him. Instead he told him, Go back home to your own people and report to them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So he went out and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and they were all amazed. And there we end, day 287 and week 41.